0: I will pray quickly and we'll jump into Acts 16. It's wonderful to see all you here. Father, help me and help your church. Jesus, show yourself. My prayer is that you wouldn't show yourself as merely a ticket to a destination, but as a Lord who is available in this life here and now. So help me do that in Jesus' name. Amen. I'll say it again. Good morning, church. That's better. How about this? He is risen. Amen. He is risen indeed. Amen. There we go. Very good, very good, very good. Easter Sunday, the Sunday in which the Christians celebrate an empty tomb. This truth is the linchpin or hinge point of our faith. Jesus living a perfect life to fulfill the law, dying a sufficient death to satisfy justice, and then being raised from the grave, God on heaven saying, it is enough. His payment is enough. That's why we celebrate. But growing up in a Baptist church in the 80s in America, my evangelical experience was pray a prayer, get saved, and we're good. I remember receiving Jesus, being scared out of hell, at a camp when I was 12 years old. It was, it was way too long of a sermon on hell. And the only reason I say that is that there's not enough scriptures of how long that sermon was about hell. That's all I'm going to say about that. Let's have coffee and talk about that. And so I had my ticket. I had my fire insurance and I felt good. And I think it took me a long time and I'm, a still, I'm still a work in progress to understand all that Jesus has done, is doing, and will do. And that's why we're on this adventure, right? Church, we're all in process. We are here to worship and celebrate and give thanks for an empty tomb, and I want to go to Acts 16 to illustrate that, and at the end we can go, this is an empty tomb sermon. The empty tomb is the crux. Do you believe? Do I believe? And if we believe, we say like, I am saved, things like this, right? I've received Jesus. Let's dive into that. Because not to be judgmental, but I could ask you about four follow-up questions and see what your salvation rests in. And I'm going to be honest with you, they're not theological questions. He indeed is risen. What does that mean? Acts 16, let's start in verse 16. I'll give them a, check, a second to get there. Acts 16, 16. If you don't know Luke, this doctor man historian, wrote Acts. He wrote it from a different perspective. He was very technical, and he was much of a historian, and he wrote about the early church. Acts 16, 16. As we were going to the place of prayer, probably the synagogue, we were met by a slave girl who had a spirit of divination and brought her owners much gain by fortune-telling. Back, sorry, sixteen. There's a lot wrong with this verse. Do you see it? There is so much not not grammatically, the Bible. No, don't go there. There's a lot wrong with this verse when it deals with humanity. It's not here, and it's not here, it's here. A young girl was owned by people. That makes my blood boil, by the way. I have three daughters. But a girl was owned. She had masters. Someone called her property. That's the first thing we see wrong with this verse. A spirit of divination dealing with demonic fortune telling. We can debate that. Those are real entities. Jesus himself says in Matthew 24, Don't be deceived because there are people who are coming who will do great signs and wonders just like me. They won't do it with my father. They will do it with Satan. But the fact that this young girl had owners is troubling. And why did she have owners? I don't want to speculate, but the main reason is because she was able to make them a lot of what? Money. Verse 17. Thanks, guys. She followed Paul and us crying out, these men are servants of the most high God who proclaim to you the way of salvation. Verse 18, and this she kept doing for many days. Paul was patient, the boys were patient, many days. How many of you have people who annoy you for like five minutes and you're done? But many days, okay? Having become greatly annoyed, Paul turned and said to the spirit, I command you in the name of Jesus Christ Come out of her, and it came out of her that very hour. Now she is normal. This is an empty tomb sermon. The power of Christ, through the working of the Spirit, through the working of the apostles at this point, have just healed this girl who had owners. The owners become angry. Verse 19, but when her owners saw that their hope of what? The hope of making money was gone They became angry. If we, we couldn't read on, but if we get to Acts chapter 17 in Elisha and other places, when Paul and the gospel go forward and the workers and the idol makers can't make any more money making idols because people are worshiping the true God, that's when they become angry. So money is at the root of people becoming what? Angry. Hear me. Money in its own right is a blessing to do amazing things with But the love of money and the seeking of power is the root of all what? Kinds of evil. We've known that. So these men are mad. And what happens? Verse 19, they seize Paul and Silas, drag them to the marketplace before the rulers. So apparently, kind of like the world today, the leaders were in the marketplace because commerce was important. It's an important thing. Verse 20, Acts 16. And when they had brought them to the magistrates, they said, these men are Jews and they are disturbing our city. Don't you love it? Don't you love humans? (laughs) No, they healed a girl who you owned. They freed a slave, and they're probably gonna take care of her now, but now they're disturbing your city? Careful, America, politics run deep, amen? Careful. And they go on, they accuse them. Verse 21, they advocate customs that are not lawful for us Romans to accept or practice Uh, treason. Here we go, right? Now, Now piling on, the crowd joined them in attacking them and the magistrates tore the garments of them and gave orders to beat them with rods. Small baseball bats, that's ouch, right? That's called torture. Verse 23 And when they had inflicted many blows upon them, they were beat up good. They threw them in prison, ordering the jail to keep them safely. Having received this order, he put them in the, not just the outer prison, where? The dungeon. (laughs) And fastened their feet in stocks. They weren't gonna get away. So Paul, Silas, and others had been beaten, tortured, thrown into prison, and await their fate. Happy Easter, the tomb is empty. But this is, is an empty tomb sermon. What were Paul, Silas and others going to do, originally in verse 16? They were going to pray. They didn't think they were going to be in prison praying. They thought they were going to go to a holy place, but they were praying. Look, Acts 16:25. About midnight Paul and Silas were praying and singing hymns to God and the prisoners were listening to them, and suddenly, stay with me, and there was a great earthquake, and the foundations of the prison were shaken, and immediately all the doors were opened, and everyone's bonds were unfastened. That sounds like Disneyland, right? Stay with me. As one brother said earlier, I was telling him a bit about this, it's not an empty tomb in this account, it's gonna be an empty what? Cell, okay? Here we go. Let's get into it. When the jailer woke, so his job is done and he is snoozing. He's getting paid to what? Sleep. Everyone have a job they get paid to sleep. I worked. A, I worked as a paramedic for ten years. I got paid to sleep sometimes. The best, by the way. Thank you for not calling. Let's go it that way, okay? But it's wonderful. So the jailer is getting paid to sleep. He woke up. Verse twenty-seven. He saw the prison doors were open. He drew his sword and was about to what? Commit suicide. That's important because he supposed the prisoners had what? Gone. Verse 28 Paul cried with a loud voice, Cover your ears, do not harm yourself. Stop, is what Paul says. No more violence. Does our world need to hear that? No more bloodshed. Enough. I'll get to the rest in a sec. Stay there, guys with the scripture. This is an empty tomb account. This is the hope of the resurrection. This is the gospel being laid out, maybe not in the way that we grew up with, pray this prayer, do this thing, and go to heaven. This is Jesus penetrating hearts and then transforming lives. And this is the kingdom of heaven on the move. The jailer probably was a Roman centurion or some type like that. Just to let you know about history right now, Rome was still king. This was 65 through 68, somewhere in there. It was Nero or Claudius, reigning, Caesar was everything, and Caesar in Rome was worshiped as the son of God. I don't wanna freak your faith out. Prince of Peace and Son of God were names for the Caesar figure. Because the Pax Romana, remember, they brought peace to the world by how? Violence. Is that an oxymoron? Libby, become a Roman citizen. No, thank you for living, Libby. You're done. Then Gloria would say, I'll become a Roman citizen. That's peace. That's what was happening. So this jailer was brought up and raised in the Roman way. This is important. we got to go here for a few minutes. We, who've grown up in America, have been brought up in the Western way. What do I mean by that? We have lenses and filters on our brains, on our eyes, we don't even know about. It's just who we are. So for this jailer, this Philippian jailer, he was... Potentially Greek and understood the philosophy and the wisdom and how all that apologetic and debate worked. He was serving in the Roman guard and was a Roman citizen. He was very desensitized to humans and their bodies. One of the reasons it was time to move on for me for the ambulance because I wasn't sensitive to injury to the human body anymore. Because you become so familiar with it, you're just like, that's what we do. And that's not good for our soul. Pray for our police officers and our firefighters and our EMS workers and doctors and everyone else who see things because sometimes we become desensitized because we're immersed in it. This Roman jailer, this Philippian jailer was immersed in the Roman way. His reality was there are slaves, there are owners, people make money off them. When people rise up, they are cut down and potentially killed. His life was to promote and defend the way of Rome, the way of Caesar. I mean Caesar, any emperor, that's the way. And he was okay with torturing and locking people up as we saw what? In the scriptures, right? That's what he did. Let's just say it this way. This gentleman made many justifications before he put his head to sleep, to the pillow. He made many rationalizations. Back to verse 27, we there? Go back one. This is where the whole story turns, though. You see the third line? Roman way said this. If you fail, it's better you just take care of yourself. That's the Roman way. If you fail your job, don't make us waste our blade, take care of yourself with your own. That's what's happening right here, you see it? Oh my gosh, the chains are off, the doors open, I'm going to what? Take care of the problem and the problem is me. And actually, what happened, just read, if the prisoners were to escape and he was to be put on trial, they would ask him to take care of himself and if he refused, they would dispose of him in a much more painful way. That's the Roman way. Tough, right? Knowing this, in verse 27, the Roman Philippian jailer was going to bow to Caesar and do what he was programmed and trained to do, which was take care of himself with violence. And then the gospel comes forth. And Paul preaches the gospel Stop! No more! reorient your thinking, stop the way you used to think and think this way in light of the empty tomb. That's repentance, by the way. It's a big word, that's all it means. Change your way of operating because of Jesus. Paul did hear what this Philippian jailer couldn't do for himself. Paul loved him and showed him the way to Christ. The Roman jailer couldn't do that. He was subjugated to his own sin, his own failure in the system, and Paul said, no more. See the full picture, church. What happened for the last 12 hours? If this man didn't do it, he oversaw the harming of these prisoners. Anybody ever been harmed? Anybody yet? No, I don't want to go there. We'll go. All you sometimes you think, I'll be honest. I can't wait till I get my day. Me and you. <laughs> me, me and you. And I can't wait till I have the Roman shield, right? I can't wait till I have the power. So what happens? If you're not familiar, it's amazing. Verse 28. We just went through that, right? Stop it. Verse 29. And the jailer called for lights, rushed in, and trembling with fear, he fell down before Paul and Silas. He is shocked. He is in awe. Next verse. Then he brought them out and said, sirs, what must I do to be saved? I'm not going to trick you. I used to grow up in camps where we sometimes trick kids, you know? You know what that literally means? What must I do to show compassion and mercy like you? That's what it literally means in the context. It doesn't mean, and I'll go out to coffee, so we can talk about it and do all the stuff. It doesn't mean, what must I do to escape hell? The Philippian jailer had no concept. It literally means, what must I do to be made right. What must I do to act like a human, not an animal? That's what it literally means. What must I do to act not like a barbarian, but like a compassionate human being? That's what he's asking. I don't have time to go through it. Trust pastor. Many of us say he's gonna pray soon because they talked about salvation. Give me a few more minutes, right? This is weighty, but it's a good word on Easter. We know that Jesus saves. We know that his life has fulfilled the law. We know that God gives us righteousness because of Christ. We know that upon the cross, he paid penalty for sin, and then he rose again. We know all that. He didn't, and he's still asking a very important question. What is wrong with me, and how do I fix it? That's what he's asking. If you don't think this account is pertinent and applicable in the year 2016, you're not here in the scripture. This is your coworkers. (laughs) This is our family. This is our hearts at times. What's wrong with me? And how can it be fixed? And the answer, the name is Jesus. The miracle that God revealed to this pagan soldier was a battle of allegiances. There's a contending in his spirit and soul now, right? He was raised a certain way, in a certain empire, with a certain job, and now that it's coming face to face with grace and mercy, and he's conflicted, and he's going, that way isn't right, because that's right. They are right. Who they worship is right, because of their and the manifestation of grace, compassion, and mercy and dignity. I should be dead, the guy says. I should be done with, and yet these Christians have said, stop. This jailer comes face to face with Jesus through the life, prayer, teaching, him, and mercy of his apostles, and now he's asking this great question. Not to, uh, not to confuse you, but go ahead. Next verse. Some translations in 31 have the Lord Jesus Christ. That's not the oldest manuscripts. Paul's response to this journal was believe in the Lord Jesus. Not the Lord Jesus Christ. I don't want to freak out. They're both good. I'm going to tell you why. Christ was a Jewish messianic term. Paul knew his audience, and in the early manuscripts, he just said, believe in the Lord Jesus, and I'll tell you why. There was a saying in the kingdom, there was a saying to this jailer, and it was this, Kyrios Kaiser, is it Lord Caesar, or Curious Iesus, Lord Jesus, that's what it comes down to. That's the whole point of this message. Paul simply says, believe in the Lord Jesus, and you will be saved. What is it really getting at? Your allegiance your whole life, jailer, has been to Caesar. I'm telling you to be saved, to be washed, to be cleansed, is now put your allegiance and faith in Lord Jesus Christ. That's the whole point of the message. This is the empty tomb part. Again, this jailer was programmed, and Paul is now saying, don't do that Change your mind, spirit, come and give grace. If you believe in the real Lord, you will be saved. Next verse. And they spoke the word of the Lord to him, and to all who were in his house. Paul wasn't really a street corner preacher. He wasn't a street corner preachers. Paul was an apostle. If he saw fruit, where did he go? Home with people. That's kind of awkward sometimes, right? You guys been guessing people's homes? Sometimes it's amazing, sometimes it's what? Look at your watch, you're like, honey. Honey, are we, are we done with this yet? Next verse. And he took them, this is the jailer, the same hour of the night and washed their wounds and he was baptized at once, he and his family. Important part. Luke kind of does something chronologically there. He's, 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 recur- he's recalling this story. This jailer did not receive a one-way ticket to heaven. It wasn't on his mind. This jailer was not interested in fire insurance from hell. That was not on his mind. This jailer was interested in, how can I be more like you? And hear this, meaning... How can I be compassionate, merciful, kind, loving to those who I've been programmed to hate? Ultimately, this jailer is saying when he's asking to be saved, how can I be made right? I know I've been programmed, but in my heart, I know what I'm doing is wrong. And like the empty tomb, the empty cell, this is the fruit of walking with Jesus. The wounds in which he was inflicting or overseeing, a few hours later he was binding them and washing them and taking care of these prisoners. The people in which he might have said snarkily, wow, this, uh, I don't know what the delicacy was back then. I'm going to make a bet. this euro is great. How long have you eaten? How long has it been since you eaten to the prisoners? He was now overseeing them and feeding them. Yes, he was baptized. Yes, his family believed. But I want us to see the power of Jesus in this man's life. Church, before I pray, worshiping Jesus, Easter Sunday 2016, an empty tomb, Good Friday, Monday, Thursday, Christmas morning, Christmas Eve, the New Year of Epiphany, all these things that we try and celebrate as a church, it is far much more than you going to a destination somewhere in the future. The kingdom is at hand and being saved is the already and not yet. And I'll close with this. Is the only reason we come to church is so we don't go to hell one day? I'm just asking a question. (laughs) That's all I'm saying. Is the only reason we go to church to go to heaven one day? Because we can really talk about both those, and we should. But what I want us to see this Sunday morning, Jesus Christ is risen. He is risen indeed. He has called us who believe in his name for salvation to take part in his kingdom, which is living and active now. He has called us to realize where we have been born and what has shaped us. And He is making the same call to us who have known Him and maybe to those who have never known Him. Where is your allegiance in 2016 on Easter morning? Is your allegiance to Christ and His kingdom and His message, or I'll say it this way, is our allegiance? To Lord, Western culture. To Lord, power and greed. To Lord, how many likes I get on my Facebook post. I don't know what we do. We're weird people, right? To Lord, anything. By grace, this jailer believed that the way of Rome was wrong. Wrong. And by grace, the gospel of peace entered his heart and made him a new creature. And by grace, he went and served the Lord, we think, the best he could until he died. Dave Johnson, is your way the gospel of Jesus, the gospel of peace, Dave Johnson, or is your way the gospel of America? I gotta wrestle with that. It's where I live. Dave Johnson, is your way the way of Jesus or the way of the West? And here's the one that hurts me is my longing to worship Jesus or at times is my longing to worship the God of consumerism and distraction? Jesus is Lord. Curios, Iesus. That's how Paul answered this question. What was this man saved from? Sin, punishment, judgment. He was saved from his own anger. You ever been there? He was saved from his own justification for things he was doing and overseeing. He was saved from himself. He is risen, church. Let me pray. Father, thank you for today. Thank you for this account in your scriptures. Thank you for Paul and Silas and others. Thank you for their wanting to go pray and then interceding everywhere. Father, thank you for this Philippian jail, this Roman officer. Thank you for the account of him realizing that he was undone. And Father, thank you for grace and mercy to be poured out upon him. Father, I pray for your church. I pray for the folks in the room. Bless them and keep them. Give them grace. Allow them to see Jesus for who he is. And indeed, we thank you for an empty tomb. In Jesus' name, amen.